Hello, everyone, and welcome to another American Scouser podcast recording on the first day of March. Hopefully, spring is almost here. And with me today is our regular crew. I'm your host, Timuchin, by the way. And with me is Mr. Peacock, to the point where I saw a post actually on Facebook this week, somebody complaining about Peacock again. <laughs> first thing I thought was like, where is Paul? So Mr. Peacock, Paul Bickler is with us. What's going on, man? I was made for this, man. This is my moment. <laughs> also with us, as always, is our Irish rep. Uh, Jamie is with us. Jamie, what's happening? Man, this is my time to shine. It's March. It's Irish History Month. Let's go. <laughs> it's Irish History Month, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, I didn't know that was a thing. Okay, well, also with us, <laughs> this is going to be an interesting ride. We can already tell. Also with us is Parker, the man behind the glass with all the buttons. What's going on, Parker? Not too much. Ready for a good podcast. Well, then you're at the wrong place. But okay, so <laughs> let's get this action started. Uh, there's a lot to cover. Uh, but before we get to the detail stuff, uh, Jamie, let's start with your Liverpool news in the 60 seconds so everybody's caught up. Yeah, absolutely. International Scouts Day just over the weekend, and we marked that pretty well, I'd say. All four squads with a win this weekend. That's the under-18s, 23s, Liverpool women and men. So what, what a way to mark uh, International Scouts Day. Um, so fresh off the back of our 2-0 win at Bramall in we actually got our 7,000th top flight goal. Uh, it wasn't Curtis's goal. It was uh, Bobby's deflected uh, whatever goal. Um, but Curtis Jones, man of the match performance, of course, and rightfully so dedicated it to Ali's dad, RIP, echoing all our thoughts and saying that this is for you, bro. Um, lovely touch on uh, his post-match interview and on social media. Uh, Sadio Mane's 150 Premier League appearance as well. 70 goals, 23 assists. Uh, also, a little bit of news surfacing tonight that our second leg versus Leipzig will return to the Puskas Arena in Budapest. And finally, for all those Nike kit lovers, there's up to a 50% sale on kit training and lifestyle wear on the official club website, and that ends 31st of March. So go out there and get it while you can. Really, that's very useful news. Actually, I might head over there after the podcast recording here. There so we go. <laughs> Uh, so before we get going, Parker, let's start with your trivia so that people can chew that over as we keep going. So of our front three, I'm going to compare three stats of them, and you got to tell me who has the most of each of those stats. All right. Let's go oh, for it. Shoot. First one is matches played for this season, obviously. Oh, this is only for this season. Okay. Yeah, just for this year. Matches played. Minutes played, and the last one is uh, amount of assists. Mm. Oh, you're the first one to go on these as always. So let's go with you. I love this. I love that I get to go first. Um, <laughs> do I get a phone a friend? Like, do we have no. lifeline on this? No, no Google people. <laughs> uh, you need a friend. Uh, All you need is Google. Okay, so most assists has got to be Bobby. Uh, most minutes. Um, I'll go Bobby. And then what was the, most games? Uh, most games played. Yeah. Oh shit. Um, Appearances. And this well, is just Premier League too. Sorry, I should mention that. Dude, I don't know. I'm gonna go Bobby across the board. Bobby across the board. Okay. 
That's a that's a good shout, um, Tamuchin. You're you're. I see you swinging your fist like he he stole your. He stole... did steal us, man. I was gonna go for that too, but just to be different, I could go for um, minutes on Mane. Okay, so you know, you're still second with Premier assists. Uh, I still go Bobby with assists and uh, Bobby with games played. They might even be tied with Mane. I can't remember who missed what. There's but... no ties. Damn it. Okay. Well, then let's go. Uh, all what what Bickler said, except uh, minutes. minutes. I'll played. go with money. <laughs> well, I guess I'll I'll throw the uh, the rhythm off the boat here. I'll go. Um, Salah matches Bobby minutes. Well, so you're you're messing with my order now. <laughs> well, hold on. Matches no, play. Matches played was the first one. Minutes played was the second yeah. one. Assist was so. I'll go Salah for matches, mm -hmm. and then Bobby for minutes and assists. Okay. Okay. Well, if you haven't gotten the Google working for you already, just stay tuned, and we'll towards the end of our podcast, we'll kind of like go over this. Now I almost like want to get to the end because I'm intrigued. Good question, man. Good trivia this week. Okay, so finally we get to talk about a win. Uh, which is nice, uh, nice change of pace, uh, these podcasts. So uh, finally get our three points. And I know everybody's going to say, I already heard everybody saying, well, it was Sheffield and stuff like that. But regardless of how bad the team is, there's no easy games, um, especially right now with our current form. There are no easy games. There are no givens, especially, I mean, on top of that, knowing our record towards the, the bottom part of the league where we kind of struggle. So, uh, so Jamie, let's start with you. Uh, just like an overall... Uh, view of what you thought of the game and then we'll probably go into more like individual performances as we go it was a difficult one wasn't it it looks like we were we were gonna get another knighthood for um what's his name uh, the goalkeeper <laughs> um so a little tweak of a change second half and you know curtis played out of his skin looks like he was up there as a as another left winger robo played really high just um it was good to be back, good to be back amongst the goals. And it just looked like everything was starting to click for us. Um, yeah, I just, just, I was quietly confident, I guess, that we would win the game. But um, I thought 2-0 was a, a pretty fair result in the end. How confident were you, Paul? I mean, I wasn't confident at all going in. I mean, uh it does. It did set up nicely for us. I mean, you got to look at the fact that we're playing. You know, the injuries to Fabinho and, and Henderson have forced Klopp to play actual center backs. Um, whether it be our sixth choice center back and a kid that we just picked up in January who's still unpacking his bags, it did set up nicely because you're playing. You know, the most toothless offense essentially in the Premier League. So for them to get that under their belt kind of moving forward was was nice in terms of matchups i thought it was also cool to see like not cool i mean it was it was refreshing to see sort of a tactical change going into the match um you saw trent sit back and really tuck in under uh under uh phillips and then Rabo was like way up on the left wing almost as like a, a fourth player up top um so you know, I think obviously they're accounting for uh, Nat's lack of pace, um, having Trent back there. And then to see Trent be able to do that and then also play one of his better games, I thought, offensively as well, was really nice to see. Um, and there was there's a lot of 
there's a lot of good things throughout the game. Um, like, even though it was frustrating that, like, we weren't scoring um, up into the second half, I mean, I thought that the, the lads played a, a relatively good game. Uh, Thiago wasn't lunging as much. Uh, Genie had one of his better games. Uh, Sadio kind of tucked in centrally up there off the left wing, and I thought did some really nice things. Um, and Bob, even though he was, you know, still missing loads of chances, I thought he, he played tremendously in terms of his pressing and his movement up top. So I thought there was a lot of like really good individual performances, even though like the hole was sort of frustrating. Um, but like Jamie said, I think, I think two nil was fair. We created loads of chances, you know, um, we still look vulnerable at the back to me, but I think that's sort of like uh, should be expected. Yeah. Cause I asked you how confident, cause obviously I'm always going to say I'm not, I'm the, you know, I worry as a lifestyle. So I was <laughs> never confident, but um, I mean, no watching the first half, I started, I guess it felt like, you know, we're going to score, but then as the minutes kept going, it kind of had a feeling of here we go again. And that's what I was like, probably what that was my main worry. Like we're missing these chances that we should, you know, the one that Bobby had, for example, I'm like, man, we're wasting these chances. Hope it doesn't come to bite us in the ass. Like, you know, like the Burnley game or, you know, insert game name here, you know, like a multiple games we've had. So I think that was my biggest concern. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that was probably like my biggest concern, but yeah, kind of like what Paul says, I agree. It was kind of nice to try something different or see us working and trying something different as opposed to kind of like the same old, same old, it's going to eventually work kind of thing. But uh, so you talked about like uh, Phillips, and I know like Kabak is like, you know, uh, those two were talked about, obviously, a lot, varying opinions. So, Jamie, let's start with you. Uh, what were your thoughts on the deal back there? Quietly assured, you know, considering it's our 18th partnership now. But just one word on the, on the Bobby Firmino early chance. You know, an informed Bobby, I have full confidence Bobby, he just chips the keeper and goes off celebrating. But um, yeah, the, the partnership, it's, it's good to see them back there. Nat Phillips with his new shaved hair, uh, phenomenal. Um, and you could see that from the get-go. Like he was all about the aerial jewels. And, you know, McGoldrick is, uh, is and uh, McBurney, is it? The, the two strikers, they're, they're two old-fashioned style strikers. You know, they're, they're very very up and down, you know, one man wins it in the air, one man collects the bits afterwards, and they move on from there. Yeah, like Paul said, they're, they're toothless, they haven't really got a lot, they're sitting down there in 20th for a reason, but they, they definitely provided um, a decent test aerially and um, physically, so it was good to see them win those battles, um, but yeah, like Paul alluded to a little bit, uh, a smart ball in behind or whatever could prove tricky. And 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 again, as Paul said, he's still unpacking his bags, Quebec, which um, you know, great finish for the own goal. Thank God that got chalked off. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought it was pretty good, good performance. Nat Phillips especially. How about you, Paul? I know. A couple of chip balls behind, like, Kabak kind of, like, is a big concern with everybody. And we talked about, like, how everybody wants, you know, like, Davis to come in. Even though we have not seen him at all, I've already seen, you know, like, posts and comments about, like, oh, you should start over Kabak and stuff. At least we've seen Kabak, and he has some experience. I know he's a young kid. But 
See, I leave mine to the end because, you know, I have a little Turkish bias going there, good or bad. Actually, I don't personally have it, but I know anybody who hears my opinion automatically attaches the Turkish bias to it. But <laughs> so let's start with you, Paul. What did you think? Uh, I mean, what do you think so far? Obviously, it's too early on. It's been like, what, two or three games. But yeah. uh, of Kabak, what do you think? Is he here for the long term? Or So, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I was I was super um, surprised, and I, I, I'm not often surprised by things on social media anymore. In fact, I'm rarely surprised by anything on social media. But I was really surprised after the match how divided the opinion on him is. Like, because there was loads of people that I was reading on the thread that were like, "There's no way we're going to buy him permanently. He's not good enough. He should be starting." Um, people were saying that he was slow, which is crazy to me. Um, you know, I think he's vulnerable to the high ball in behind, but I think that's always been like, I think that's sort of been his issue throughout his career is that like, he's, he is vulnerable there. And, and, and with a 20 year old center back, I mean, they're going to have holes in their game. So that's a, that's a position that doesn't mature till much later in the career, generally speaking. So it is early days for him. Right. Um, to me, he's got a lot of the physical tools that we need um, in terms of like his pace. Like I do think he's a relatively intelligent player. I think he works pretty good um, off the ball. Um, I think on the ball, he's really good. Um, you know, you've compared him a lot to Joe Gomez, which I think is a really, really fair comparison. I, I think they have similar issues. Gomez sometimes has, has trouble with that ball in high behind. Um, but I also think that's where, um, a Phillips and Kabak uh, partnership is actually pretty good because Phillips, he's a monster in the air. He wins absolutely everything in the air and he's relatively disciplined positionally. Whereas Kabak, I think sometimes um, can be caught out a little bit in terms of his position. Um, and I think he, he does struggle with that ball behind, but he's really good when players are running at him, which is where I think Phillips struggles. So they've almost got like this yin and yang thing in their games where like a lot of Phillips's deficiencies are, are Kavak's strengths um, and vice versa, which I think is really interesting when you look at them because I had a hard time picking out yesterday, which one had the better game. I thought they both had um, areas in their games in, in, in portions specifically throughout the match where one was particularly strong. Um, I, so that early days for me, like, honestly, uh, a player, a center back that's that young with that much promise, with that much international experience and a cut price coming in. I don't see how we don't not make that deal personally. Yeah, I mean, I've always said, you know, when he was coming over, everybody like didn't know what we were getting. And I always compared him to Gomez just because of that, like the positioning is bad. And some of the like you're mentioning that he kind of like floats a little bit and gets out of position relying on his pace to make up for it if he falls behind. And that can kind of backfire against, obviously, some top forwards in the Premier League. But he's only 20. Let's see, he goes my Turkish bias again. So, Jamie, let's go with you. Uh, <laughs> what did you think of Of Quebec? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't see a world we don't make it permanent unless something crazy happens, which, you know, it, it can do um craziness will abound in the off season in the transfer season for instance it's already starting today with rumors of uh rafael varan uh from real madrid which you know in in the grand scheme of things he's obviously a much better defender um but like paul said cut price a decent chance of progression looks to be a a, a pretty well-rounded um acquisition at such a young age so yeah, I mean, I, I, 
your your bias is is allowed from me. <laughs> I like I say it's way too early, and let's face it, more than likely, uh, the decision is not going to be made solely on you know what we watch, uh, but more in terms of like what he does during practice, how much you know how fast he's picking things up, and how he's reacting, how much he's progressing, and stuff like that. I'm a really young kid, good on the ball has the pace. I agree with you, Paul. There were people like, he's too slow. I'm like, but then they would be like, he's too slow. Phillips was great. I'm like, dude, he's like <laughs> twice as fast as Phillips. Oh, right. uh, so I didn't understand some of those. I think when people see something going over you being chipped, I don't know if they consider that being slow, but then he was able to catch up every single time, regardless of who had the ball and kind of like well, make Listen to your bias is allowed because you got to understand that Jamie got excited because we had two Irish keepers on the bench. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I, that's a funny like deal. Cause you know, before the game, they're like, who is this guy on the bench? Kind of thing. Why do we have two goalies on the bench? I don't think you're, I've ever seen that. You're guessing. Yeah, that I don't know. Uh, I guess uh, hopes weren't that great for Adrian. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but, it, you know, he played well, um, despite kind of looking a bit shaky again with a few balls at his feet, like it, a couple of the, the, the balls that he won, almost like he, he didn't really know anything about it. He just kind of won it with his feet a few times, but um, done well. Um, clean sheet, hard, hard to complain, but... Yeah, uh, young Liam Hughes from uh, from Northern Ireland, my my patri- my compatriot, and uh, a Polish goalkeeper. Um, but yeah, Kelleher's out injured. So, what's that? Third, fourth goalkeeper, fifth and seventh and eighth, maybe. Who knows? You know, because that it was odd. It was almost like they were making the squad. They had one spot open, and the dude happened to be walking by. They were like, "Hey, you're here. Why don't you come to the game? <laughs> You'll sit on the bench, kind of thing." I just didn't understand why we had. I mean, you would think. I mean, I know Have we you have ever played before. No, you're fine. Get in. <laughs> well, <laughs> I actually read it on, like um, a midfielder or a forward or something like that. You're like, here, kids, sit and watch kind of deal. It was just like odd to see. But yeah, we had a lot of happy people. Mateusz uh, from uh, America's Scouts or our crew. He was very happy to see a Polish presence even on the bench. Uh, but yeah, going back to Adrian, I thought he did well. I mean, I know the guy has had like some great games for us and he has some like, you know, Hard thing. I think the biggest difference comes from the fact that he's a totally different goalkeeper than what we're normally used to. So when, you know, a defender almost like turns around and expects him to be there, he's not. He's still waiting inside the goal. He's not coming out <laughs> to grab the ball. And it's like, dude, that sh- you should be there. But Or I don't know if he got shipped over so many times or the Villa game is coming back to haunt him or what. But I thought that was the only odd thing to see sometimes or he wouldn't come up to gather the ball kind of like we would accept like Alisson to come. I mean, what did you think, Paul? I mean, obviously it's a clean sheet. It's hard to complain like Jamie said, but. Yeah. I mean, he had his moments, right? I thought that he did extremely well in the air, especially on corners, which is the one spot that Sheffield can hurt you because they got a bunch of big dudes, you know, like a little bit like Burnley where they're like an old school side and they just throw a bunch of weight around in the box. So I thought he did like, that's where I thought he really stood out was in the air um, in offset pieces, which is is probably where we needed him most anyways. But yeah, you're right. He's weird with the ball at his feet. Um, I wish he had a little bit of a poke, like a better poker face. Cause like when they pan to him, he always looks like he's like peed just a little bit. Like he looks terrified and like, uh, (laughs) like he'll be like shouting, but you can tell it's like, you know, he's always shouting like, 
calm down, calm down. And he looks terrified. And it's like, like, like oh, you guys are freaking me out over here. <laughs> yeah, you good, bro? Hey, what's so. wrong with a little bit of piss on the posts? Bruce Grobelar done it, and we won the we won the Premier League, right? Maybe maybe Adrian's just right. cheating off Bruce Grobelar. Yeah, uh, maybe he's taking a page out of that book. I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was like I say, uh, it's not what the defense is used to. I know that complicates things, but hard to complain about the clean sheets i mean with that makeshift back line especially with a lot of things being changed i'm sure it affects them as well but uh that was good to see i mean we're thinking like alessandro is going to be back i mean what a i mean like a terrible story that is and it's just like it feels like he keeps on coming like just like heart goes out the entire like how it went down as well and i don't know how he found that himself and stuff but just like a terrible ordeal altogether but um hopefully you know i mean having been there in terms of like, you know, losing a parents, I mean, it's tough or, and you know, in a, he's in a job where focus and concentration is so much more important than what I had to do as a student back in the day when my dad passed. So uh, hopefully he'll be ready for Thursday, but it's one of those things where like, you know, he's ready when he's ready and we kind of have to deal with it and just give him that time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If he, if he, you know, if he mentions anything that he needs another game off then you know, fair play, nobody's going to say anything to him, you know, because it, grief is just one of those things. Everybody reacts differently. It, it takes its own time, blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, obviously a terrible situation, not getting to go there on top of Klopp just as well, but a, a quick word on the kids and the, and the situation with the goalkeepers. I, I read an article Apparently, we signed a bunch of goalkeeper kids essentially to bulk up the numbers in training. So they're they're not seen as like um, future first team prospects. They're not. They're just sort of seen as um, colleagues to train with. And and through injuries and all the rest of it, they've kind of had to play like um, the other the Polish lad. He had to play in the under twenty threes the other week. So <laughs> through, through no fault of their own, they're kind of being forced into the limelight. So it's, it's, not, uh, it's not strange or startling that people are like, who is these, these kids, you know, and why have we got two goalkeepers on the bench? So it's, it's a strange situation, but, you know, good, good for their progress. I mean, I think it's smart business probably in the grand scheme of things anyway to, you know, gather as much youth and skill, especially in a position like that, where it is kind of like very valuable. And obviously the price is very high for somebody who's qualified. You can never have like too many of those guys that are good. So, uh, so before we like, kind of like go on to another like player and like focused on that, uh, I just want to kind of like go over, um, like some of the stuff like you see online in terms of like the lack of scoring and stuff. And, you know, Bobby gets, always the blame because he never i mean he's never had and he has become the new henderson i feel like uh, a couple of years back it was like henderson nobody understood his value he's like oh plays backwards blah 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 plays sideways and stuff and then we realized how important he was and he became like you know the player of the season and stuff like that and i feel like you know bobby is on the same boat so before we kind of like discuss that and go over like our views and like you know what people say parker I'll like, kind of like pass it on to you in terms of like, you know, throwing us some stats that we might expect, we might not expect, and you might maybe take the discussion a different direction. As far as what the match this week or uh, no, in general, like Bobby 
you know, performance in general? Yeah. So I saw one person, I think I was on Reddit or something say something that I think I really agree with is that, you know, Bobby very much at heart is a uh, performer. You know, he, he's there, he makes a little bit of a show of it, you know? And uh, I think the not having fans isn't, isn't doing him quite a bit of detriment because, you know, you think about all the big performances Bobby does end up having, and it's usually those big clutch matches where the fans are sat there, they're screaming, it's loud, it's rowdy at Anvil or at Anfield. Um, you know, we we aren't seeing the same Bobby that we usually see, I think. And like I said, I th- I think I big big part of that is the fact that there aren't fans there there aren't supporters there i think he gains a lot of energy from that um you know he's only got six goals this year five assists um you know it's not it's not his best year you know we're a certain amount of matches in i can't i can't tell you guys because that would spoil you know the trivia but we're a certain (laughs) number of matches in and he's only scored six times and you know, it's, it's just not, uh, not his best year this year. And I think, you know, like I said, I think a very, very big part of that is that whole lack of the 12th man. That's like an interesting point. I mean, obviously nobody has really lit the world on fire when the team is kind of like, you know, not in form, it affects everybody. I just noticed, you know, I mean, Mo still has like numbers in terms of goals and stuff, but I think we mm-hmm. can agree that it's not, more in top form either i don't think you can pick any of our front three and say oh they're in like good form right now you know mm-hmm. or as Klopp would say they're in a good way you know so but it's odd that you mentioned that i mean so paul let me throw it to you i mean do you take that as uh like what parker's point in terms of like you know having the fans and stuff affects them more because of his style or is it just the brazilian forward syndrome where that's just how they play I don't, I don't think really I, – I personally don't think fans have – I mean, I think it plays a part, right? But I think that plays a part for the whole team. I don't necessarily believe that it affects Bobby more than other players. Um, I think strikers are a little bit like goalkeepers where there may be a little bit more – like when their confidence is affected, it's much more visible to the outside world, to the fans who are watching in general. Um, than maybe a midfielder or even wingers. Like, I just think, you know, I think when your confidence suffers as a striker, um, you're just not as clinical in front of goal. And that's – the other thing is that I think that Bobby is is misunderstood as a player, even though, like, we've hammered this point home as fans to other fans for so long. He's, he, he's a number nine, but his role isn't to score goals in this team. Like – I mean, obviously, if he's in front of goal and he's there, he should be smashing him in, right? And he's not. So he's missing loads of chances. And I think that's what people are seeing. But his role and his value in this team are he is the first presser. He's the first line of defense. He's the first defender. And I don't think there's many forwards in the world that are better at pressing than him. His second role is to create space for Monty and Mo. And his positioning and his movement is world-class in that regard. And then thirdly, when I watch him – Um, he has almost like this vision that we sort of 
we talk about with Diago. I think Firmino has that. Like I see a lot of Firmino threading through balls across two layers of defenders that has, like we see it from a bird's eye view. We see it from the stands. We see it from this camera angle, but on the pitch, those are really, really difficult angles to see through bodies that he sees. And he threads these like ridiculously ball, uh, ridiculous balls through uh, to Maniamo consistently. Uh, I don't think it's a coincidence when, when Bobby plays well, we play well. Do you know what I mean? Like when he's got a great game, we're a great team. Um, I, I don't think that's a coincidence. And, and um, I just don't think um, goals are sexy. I'm like, that's what everybody wants. And I think everybody like, you know, like it's probably not fair to Gerard to make this comment because Gerard's a, a club legend for a, a number of reasons. But I think that's why the, the his legacy took off as he came in as a kid and started scoring goals almost immediately. Um, when we look at all of our most beloved players that play, I mean, when we look at all the love Mane gets, Mo gets, uh, the reason that people didn't love Henderson was because he wasn't putting goals in from the midfield. Like there, there's a lot more that goals into that goes into a goal than an individual player. And I think that that Firmino is so important in, in, in us scoring um, at a second and third tier level. And people don't really kind of factor that in when they're looking at that. Where do you stand, Jamie? I mean, I'm, I guess, more, uh, you know, you see, oh, we need a, like a true number nine and stuff like that. And I don't think that kind of like goes with how we play unless we change how we play. I mean, we're obviously getting Mbappe next year. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, so based, you know, where do you see, like, I guess the future when you look in the crystal ball, like in Bobby, I mean, obviously with, you know, Jota coming back, his role, you know, he's going to get some minutes. Is he on there, out there, or do we use him like kind of like similar to how we used him this week where he was even more of an like attacking midfielder compared to his normal, uh, you know, like kind of like drop back role. Well, look, here's, here's the thing, right? So Bobby, Bobby is the focal point for us. And, uh, and Parker, sorry, I am checking out stats right now. Um, but don't worry, listeners, I won't spoil the fun. Um, so last year, Bobby had nine goals, right? He had 99 shots, 39 on target, blah, blah, blah. He had eight assists, 10 big chances created. And he's tracking right on that. Like there's what, 13 games left in the season. Like if he got one every two games for the rest of the season, he'd beat last year's record. Like, so this is the whole thing with Bobby. Like Bob, Bobby seems to be the enigma for, fans or you know the everyday fan or the average joe you know but the, the you know i i always go back to the the player cam right sky sports used to do this thing where it would you could excuse me you could interactively choose which player the camera followed now imagine you could do that in today's world right um just one cameraman following bobby Firmino around the entire 90 minutes like his work like and that's what people do who when you go to the stadium that's what people do you know they will sit and watch a singular player their favorite player they want to know how what makes him tick what little things he does during the game you know they want to go back to the pub and tell your mate did you see him at the 40 minute mark did you see his little nutmeg or whatever you know he, he is that type of player he he's the the fulcrum the focal point he's he is the ticking heartbeat of that up front. And without him, 
Without him, I don't know. Like, and look, Jota's brilliant. Brilliant. Jota's brilliant. All right, let's start again here. <laughs> Jota's brilliant. Like, he's, um, he offers something different. He's more direct than Bobby, you know? So, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe there is a, a deeper role for Bobby um, in the future as he, as he gets a wee bit older. Um, but I just can't envisage a front three or front four or front six or whatever the fuck you want to call it without a Bobby Firmino, because like Parker said, he, he, he that beautiful, brilliant smile is nothing without the fans singing his name, you know? I'd, and even when he, he scored, you could tell, well, he, his, he scored. For me, he scored. I don't care what the dubious goals committee, I don't care that the shot was going wide. There was six men around him. Six, I counted them. One was on the floor, but he was still within 10 feet. Um. That doesn't that goal doesn't happen without him. So you know, for somebody to just dance and shimmy in between, like literally six players, five within a five foot radius, like there there aren't many players that can do that for me. I think a big part of it is I kind of like what you're saying. I don't, people are just watching the game where the ball is, and you know, and especially in the U.S because I think most American sports are really geared towards numbers and stats and everything. And that's basically what we, you know, what most American fans really focus on. I, I think that's how the sports are designed and everything else like that, but uh, at least the coverage of it. And I think when you look at his numbers, they might not look, I mean, like you're saying, even last year when he had nine goals and eight assists, I mean, I had somebody online. So they say something like, Oh, he was like poor last year too. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell you're watching. I mean, goal, look back. I mean, there are a ton of videos on YouTube that shows all our goals last year and look how much, you know, involvement he's in, in terms of creating space. And I think that's one criticism I, I think like Thiago gets as well. And in the long run, I think that will pay off. They're not necessarily the assist person, but they are the assist before the assist. Exactly. The they have like hockey stats. They're yep. in good shape. And, you know, um, but they don't. Let's... Let's compare uh, the likes of Bobby Firmino to a, to a Dirk Coit. You know, when Coit came to Liverpool, I think it was from uh, Feyenoord. Yeah, um, he was he was said to be a twenty twenty season striker in in the Dutch league. Twenty goals, twenty assists. Now, obviously, he didn't get to that sort of level, and neither will Bobby. But it's it's the work ethic that goes into all of everything he does, and he may get a pre assist assist or assist and, and get you know 10 goals a season but like i i think the work that he does is invaluable and i think we'd be very hard pressed to replace him yeah i think and partially like going back to what paul was talking about i mean he's the one that starts the defense and a lot of the counter pressing and everything like that so the balls we win through that press starts with him so he might not get eventual credit for the goal or the assist or whatever but he plays a huge part in how we won the ball in the first place. And you so, know Klopp is loving that, you know? And I think that's, I mean, if you notice, I mean, he's really taken off after Klopp has, you know, and totally different role, uh, you know, once like Klopp came here. Um, so, Paul, let me ask the same question to you in terms of like the the long term. This is obviously total crystal ball because we don't know what we're going to do in the summer, but where do you see his role in the long run? I mean, do we kind of keep, do you think when next season starts, we kind of like rely on, hey, once everybody's back, we play our way and we kick ass again? Or do we change things up and that kind of change Bobby's role? 
That's tough for me to answer because I think that he's sort of a tactical unicorn. Like, I think it's very, very, like Jimmy was saying, I think he's like, he's got a a skill set that's incredibly unique. And it was one of the reasons that was sort of briefly talked about. It doesn't, it doesn't get talked about nearly enough, but that's one of the reasons that we actually purchased Minamino is because Minamino is doing a lot of the things that, that don't show up on a stat sheet tactically that that Bobby does a lot of people think that we assume that we bought him for wing depth we actually bought him as depth behind Firmino I think what they found out with Jota was that Jota was pretty good centrally and could play across the top three right and was just going to eat into minutes and we're married to this idea of trotting Divock out for the last 10 minutes of every match anyway um <laughs> had to get it in I digress so to answer favorites I had yeah I had to get that in there so I guess uh, <laughs> so in terms of his future, I think I honestly think that this may may be the last year that we see the front three intact as we know it. And I don't I think it's gonna be either I've always thought Mane would be the first to go, but I'm not so sure anymore. Um I, th- I think that just based on their age, they're all getting into their 30s now. I think that we're gonna see that broken up. And I think that we are going to see a big attacking game come in. Um, and so obviously you're looking at a tactical shuffle. Um, I wonder if we may, may see some very uh, like some variation, some variant of a four, two, three, one, uh, like we saw at Dortmund. Um, and in that case, I could see Bobby returning to almost like a free roam 10 roll, uh, something to that effect. Um, but if we do a tactical change, I think that's where he makes the most sense to me. I know he played out left for Hoffenheim, um, but I think, you know, traditionally he kind of came up centrally as an attacking player and I could see him kind of doing that free roll 10 if we choose to go that route. Um, I do expect to see some sort of tactical changes just because I don't want to say we've been found out, but I think teams have adjusted to the way that we play with attacking fullbacks. Um, Obviously we haven't been able to do that through injuries this year. I think that, you know, obviously we're a team without a spine, like I said last week, and that's really, change things but I do think that we're going to evolve tactically and I do think this may be the last year that we see the front three intact and in that case yeah you know it's possible he may have a new role and I would guess it would be sort of that attacking 10 role but I don't I don't know for sure yeah I think that's one thing that hurt the most in terms of not having a summer if you will because I remember a lot club talking about you know how we use the summer before kind of improve on things we did not do well like set pieces and things like that you know they were like hey what are we doing well how can we improve that but what are we not that good on and what can we do and I don't think we were able to do that this summer and kind of like you know like you're saying as people adjust you kind of counter adjust right you change some of things and you kind of put a couple of tweaks in there to kind of throw them off when just when they think they figured it out actually they haven't that's probably once one of the like you know going back to the Sheffield game, I mean, it was nice to see that we kind of changed things around. It wasn't the usual team, you know, with like Robo up top and, you know, like Trent dropping back. It was definitely not what everybody would expect facing us. So let's look ahead. I'm not that far ahead to summer, I guess, like we have been, because we'll have a lot of time to talk about that stuff. <laughs> um, but let's look ahead to Thursday, where we take on Chelsea. And it has become a huge game now. Uh, especially with Chelsea losing points. I mean, this was a great week to win. I know we had probably on paper the easiest fixture, but it was a great week to win where everybody lost points ahead of us. 
so with Everton winning today, they're tied, but with us on points with the game in hand. But, you know, the Thursday game is huge in terms of, you know, like being able to, with a win, go above Chelsea. Uh, and we're finally getting relatively healthy. Uh, so, Jamie, I'll come to you on this one and start with your thoughts. A, how important is this game? Does a loss in this game kind of like throw us out of the top four? Uh, and also, I know there's too many factors, but what do you expect in terms of what we do in terms of, you know, lineup? Well, I mean, the simple fact is there there are no um, easy games. Every game's a cup final, that old cliche. Now, you know, we need to treat every game that way. Um, obviously, it's a big game, a big rivalry with Chelsea, uh, especially right now with the table um, positions. Um, I expect... I expect similar to, to Sheffield, you know. Um, just treat it like another game. Don't get caught up don't get too ahead of yourselves you know we just beat last place in the premier league but i i expect the team to go out there and treat chelsea with the same sort of respect that we treated sheffield uh united with um because at the end of the day they are a quality team they can hurt us as well um sheffield and chelsea you know they, this sheffield could have easily um snuck a a, a cheeky three nil or uh three points there and you know, the media would, were almost begging for it. Um, I, I, I rewatched it with the NBC commentary and they were, you know, they were almost egging it on. Um, I expect the lineup to be somewhat similar to what we witnessed there at the weekend. Um, probably Adrian and Nance and I'm, I'm probably the same sort of lineup. Um, good to see Kaida back. I know we briefly talked about him last week. Um, couple of couple of sprints and he didn't injure himself so things are looking good i know i got a lot of flack on it on our discord channel when i said that with 11 minutes to go when he came in but it was nice to see i mean matt i really wish because i feel like especially like some of the things Thiago does i think you know that was kind of what we envisioned keita would do and i feel like he has actually even more pace and everything like that maybe not as physical as Thiago. I mean, they're about the same size, but in terms of like strength. So I hope he does well. It's just like so hard to kind of trust that process on that one until you see him like, you know, 10, 15 games in a row with nothing going wrong. I, I don't see a world in which Curtis Jones doesn't start, you know, after that performance, he, he kind of has grown into his role and he deserves to start in place, you know, d despite his tender years just turning 20 years of age i think um i think he's got the bit between his teeth now and, and some of the stats i was reading like he's he's up there with one of the the highest ball carrying um attacking midfielders in the premier league right now who've who've played over a certain amount of minutes but yeah i plenty more to come from from young jones that's for sure i mean we'll probably find out more in the press conference before the game but it sounded like you know the way Klopp talked, you know, Ellison, Fabinho, and Jota might all be in contention to kind of like make the lineup or at least make the bench. So if Fabinho is back, Paul, who is your center back pairing? I keep that center back pairing and I get Fab in the midfield. I just think, you know, I think against a team like Chelsea where everything seems to run through that midfield, it's like super important. Um, 
especially with Conte back for Chelsea, kind of consistently starting and doing well for them. Um, I think it's important to have Bruno, or um, I think it's important to have Fab in a game that big versus Chelsea. I think I think that matchup sort of favors um, the way that Fab likes to play and dictate and, and sort of be that like um, that general from the back. Um, I think he is is ready made for that role. It's just a matter of if he's match fit enough to go um, a full ninety is going to be the real concern there. Um, but yeah, I, I put him in the midfield because I don't think that Fabinho as a center back. I mean, I think he's an upgrade on the two that we have, right? But I think that we've invested so much in getting a, a lockdown partnership at this point that's got to roll through the rest of the year. Uh, I think that we're past sort of pigeonholing players out of position at this point. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, let's just find out if this is the pairing we're going with. I know everybody wants to change the pairing again like we haven't had enough. Uh, put Davies and Davis in there, but... I, yeah, let's just roll with this and give these guys a chance. I mean, you, they're going to make mistakes. It's You just don't have your top three guys over there, so it is what it is. But, Parker, what is your – let me come to you at this. If Fab is there, who is your center-back pairing? I mean, honestly, I'd rather have Davies and Kabak in. Realistically speaking, I think we need straight-up center-backs. But uh, if, if we're being forced to take Fab – so I wait, you going Davies too? You, you pulling this on me over Phillips, or you starting Phillips and Kabak? Why does everybody love this guy so much? We haven't even seen him play. <laughs> I mean, why did we buy him then? That's kind of where I'm at. I think he just knows. I think I think he knows the English game, right? That's that's for me. That's the thing that stands out. You know. I mean, that's fair. I just. We shouldn't be spending money and jipping it on the bench, but that's a whole other issue. Um, but you spent money on, I mean, so you're saying because we kind of bought him to see what we got, start him over Phillips? I mean, yeah, give the kid a shot. You know, I think, yeah, Chelsea's a good squad, but that's an opportunity for the kid to prove himself. And if, uh, I don't know, Phillips isn't up to starting for whatever reason. Because you know he hasn't been starting every single game, um, why not put him in? You know, at, at this point, you know the league's gone. We're playing for top four, and when when is the match against uh, Red Bull? Uh, the week. What is it? The Tuesday after or the Wednesday after? Yeah, I believe so. So if <laughs> if if we want to rest people, then to me. You know, let's rest Phillips. Give Davies a shot, finally. Hmm. See, I'm on the opposite side of that. Jamie, where are you at with that? That's your guy, Phillips, there. Trial of fire. You know, why not? Uh, I'm, I, really? I, I mean, I, I'm not suggesting that Klopp would do it, but um, oh, okay. I, 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 I kind of like where Parker's coming from. You know, a, a little uh, throw him in at the deep end, see if he swings or swim. Maybe Chelsea's not the right game to do it in, but, you know... Their strikers aren't really lighting the world on fire. Obviously, Giroud is Giroud. He he is a quality striker, quality goal scorer. Um, Timo Werner is not really hitting the highlights, and Tammy Abraham's sitting on the bench. So I, you never know. Um, I do like I said. I the, the 
one of the reasons why I thought Davies would have, have got the uh, start ahead of Quebec was just the simple fact that he knows the English game. Yes, the caliber is not quite the same in the championship, but he knows what it takes. He, he's, I dare say he's played more football than Quebec, but there has to be a reason why Quebec is, is starting ahead of him, um, whether it's uh, his, his credentials or, you know, he's just a better player, who knows? But um, it, it's a tough one, that's for sure. You know, if it, the, the argument is there that if, it, if it's not broke, or if it isn't broke, don't try and fix it. So, you know, I can see both sides of it. So, you know, probably the best idea would be, and I said this a long time ago with Fabinho and Henderson, like, let's just pick a partnership and stick with it. So let's, I, I'd say we stick with Phillips and, uh, and Quebec just because I can see them playing the rest of the season together right now. And I think that's my biggest thing. I mean, if, Chelsea is a tricky team because we don't know who, and they do change their lineup constantly because I think they're trying to figure things out. Too sure, but, yeah, you know, definitely. Yeah. If you have Giroud playing, you probably want Phillips to win those air balls, right? Like Paul was talking, like he's you know, very dominant in the air. Uh, obviously, you know, if Werner is there, you got to watch for speed and things like that. I just think, you know, you stick with a duo that we found. I think these guys were bought in for depth just in case to get Fab out of that defense. Well, back in the day, it was Hendo. Unfortunately, he got injured. But I just don't think, you know, trying a guy just to try a guy is the way to go, especially the game this big. I mean, if it was totally out of the loop and, you know, like, you know, like last three, four weeks, yeah, throw him out there and see what's going on. I just think it's like a terrible time to change. The, I mean, we complain about how many numbers, 18, 19, and keep going. For once, we can't start the same guys again together. Let's just like roll with it. But Paul, like, what, where do you stand with the the whole Davies thing? I know we talked about it last week, the whole yeah, I think, syndrome. But. So my thing is, if you're going to throw him in the deep end, I would prefer that that deep end be Fulham than, than Chelsea, um, considering that Fulham is like 72 hours after the – not even 72 hours from the from the Chelsea game. So, I mean, I can understand the need for rotation and want to see what we got and stuff, but – I think there, yeah, I think that there needs to be some sort of familiarity and some sort of like consistency across that lineup right now. Um, I think we're at a point where we've had so many injuries. We've kind of been uh, forced to have some sort of um, of the same lineup week in and week out. Um, but yeah, I think Chelsea is a big, big ass for him. Um, and I don't want to you got to think about like, you know, Klopp is super conservative with new signings anyway. Like he takes Klopp takes his time, like getting a player in there. Um, I think just because it takes some time for uh, a new player to understand the system and, and what exactly Klopp wants out of him. But I also think that Klopp likes to protect players a little bit. And I think that Klopp would be really wary of throwing in a new player in a big match versus a big team and having that player get shredded both on the pitch and off of it. Um, so I'd like to see him play. I mean, just because I'd like to see what we got. I just don't think this is a spot for it. Um, and, and it's really tough because even, even if you play him in Fulham, like these are three points we got to pick up, man. We got to roll three points every game. If we're going to get top four, uh, I know that teams are dropping points left and right, but like, you got to think we're sixth right now. And there's like a couple teams around us with games in the end. Like we got to, we got to roll up threes on, on all these guys. I'd feel a lot more confident if I see Davies' name in the in the starting lineup 
if we had Allison and Fab just in front of him, you know, Dyson doing his job and Davies and Quebec doing their jobs and Ali and Nets. But, you know, we, we're not necessarily going to have that against Chelsea. So, yeah. And I think that also screws Phillips too. I mean, you can't, you know, you're changing the guy next to him. I mean, anybody, you know, I'm the center back representative over here. I mean, you know, being able to, it's, you know, make an American analogy. It's kind of like the offensive line, defensive line, you know, probably more offensive line of football where, you know, playing together is a big part of the success, uh, knowing what the other guy is going to do and things like that. So you constantly keep changing, you know, his partner is probably not good on Phillips either because he, you know, play with Fab, play with Hando, you know, play with Kabak, and now you change him on him again. That kind of makes his job harder as well. So I just hope, like, we kind of, like, try to see what we can. And I realize maybe there might be a change when the games get too close, like, you know, like those three days layers and stuff like that. But, man, let's we found a pairing, good or bad, may not be, like, the top quality, but, you know, let's roll with what we have is my thing. So let's go around and wrap it up with some – oh, actually, before we even get to the predictions, let's go back to Parker and get this answer that we were waiting on. What's Paul right? So – Here's the thing. None of you guys were. <laughs> Damn you, Paul. I blame you. <laughs> so most most matches played was Bobby. So Damn it. everyone but Jamie got that right. Damn it. Most minutes played, absolutely none of you got it right. Would any of you like to take a stab then? Mo! Since, yeah, since I just realized too. Tamuchin already said Mane, so yeah. Oh, it's a genius. <laughs> um, I was and, really good for my self-esteem, you guys. Even when I lose, I win. And most assists was Bobby, so you know. So we just I got two out of three. Oh, no. Two out of three is not bad. Yeah, we'll get we'll go you know? that. Well, that but, is actually uh, shocking in some ways. I did not see that coming. Yeah, only by um 44 minutes. Wait, no. Quick math, fingers, feet. 46 <laughs> minutes. I'm, so, I'm still one half I'm, difference, but I'm still living off the high of like three pods ago when Paul and I got Defoe, uh, Giroud, and I can't, I actually can't believe that. That was Chicorito, right? <laughs> I have to say, I, I kind of like knew that's why I didn't want to jump on it, but I was quite impressed that you guys pulled those numbers. I almost feel like some kind of like. Shady yeah, I feel like that. Like, <laughs> you need to clip that into like a five-minute pod segment, and that needs to get more publicity. Yeah. Because yep. That's pretty. So that's we'll pretty. take we'll take the ones where we suffer Pat yourself with the on the back a little more. And we'll just focus on the good ones. Exactly. Even a broken clock is right once a day, right? So fuck, <laughs> fuck, fuck your questions this week, Parker. Let's go back, <laughs> yeah. let's throw, let's throw back to week. when we were when we when Paul and I bossed this shit. <laughs> Well, if we're going to edit out any sections where our guesses are wrong, this might be a good one right here. So let's do some <laughs> that score just predictions. They were good questions, Parker. Well <laughs> yeah, done. yeah. Score predictions for the Chelsea game. And then if it sucks, we can edit it out afterwards. Uh, so, JB, let's start with you. Give us a score line for this game. The Chelsea game. Well, we all know how the song goes. They ain't got no history. So let's uh, let's... You know what? I said last week I would take a 1-0 at, uh, at Bramall Lane, but um, 
let's push the boat out now that we've got the the wind beneath our wings. Let's let's go for a three nil versus Chelsea. Like why not? Damn! Holy hell! Why not? You know I'm not going to be that optimistic, Paul. What yeah. do you have? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say we win two one and we win it late. We will concede first and we will spend most of the game trying to find an equalizer, which we will find. Um, and then we will find a late winner. I, before I go to the Parker, I'll, since I have the same score guess, but I'm completely opposite. I say we get two, they get one, and we hang on for dear life. And we'll <laughs> finish off 2-1. But uh, Parker, what do you have? So I think a 2-1 as well. Um, I say they're going to score first, we're going to score again, and then we're going to make the winner very, very late. And, a Bobby goal would be awesome right about and now, right? I'll, I'll make a prediction too that's going to be something that is going to cause a lot of controversy. Shock horror. Yeah. With, with, yeah, <laughs> yeah, with no, Premier what a, League. What a that, surprise, that, that's right? Norm. That's not like a yeah. going out of the loop there. It's the just Premier League. find a way to get three yellow cards, but no red. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, gentlemen, let's hope that's the case. And then we come together. Uh, with some more points in the bag and hopefully make our way to that top four. Well, thanks again for joining me and thank you all those for listening in. Uh, check out our video format as well and the websites uh, with Barak's and Paul's ratings who are, uh, which are always controversial, uh, especially when Divac is on there, but Divac wasn't there this week. So I uh, went in an easy way. Well, thank you all for listening. Turn on, tune in and cop out with the American Scouser podcast. See you guys next week.